0: Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. You haven't negotiated with the Japanese before? Well, this is hardly a negotiation. What is it? It's a homicide. Every aspect of your appearance and behavior will reflect on me as your senpai. My senpai? Hmm. That wouldn't happen to be anything like massive, now, would it? From the number one bestseller. Whatever happens, don't lose your temper. I don't lose my temper. That's good to know. A Philip Kaufman film. You should know I'm a black belt. But of course you are, dear. <laughs> Connery. We're playing that most American of games, which is what catch <laughs> up. Wesley Snipes. Hey, look, senpai, apple pie, whatever it is you want me to call you. We have a murder
1: here, and I want to solve it. I don't want to hear true confessions. You know what's true? When something looks too good to be true, then it's not true. Business is war. So where does that leave us?
0: Us? We're in the war zone.
2: Hello and welcome to Smirch Pod Royale, a podcast celebrating all the Bond films and Bond related films by those who enjoy, hate and, you know, just aren't asked about them. Hosted by me, John Rain. This week, we'll be heading into the exciting world of international diplomacy and discover just how you approach an international diplomatic relation when you're a bit of a weirdo. Yes, it's Rising Sun, and joining me is my own personal international liaison officer who is skilled in diplomacy and will be teaching us just what you should and shouldn't do when dealing with a Welsh.
1: (laughs) Oh, God. I knew that's how it was going as well, but I wasn't prepared for the ending. Hello, yep.
2: everyone. Hello, yes, it's Comedy Senpai, <laughs> Dan Thomas-san.
1: <laughs> oh, don't, I don't know, that's the last one of those you get. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, Because also, I was, cause of karate, every time Karate Kid was on when I was a kid, I would be daniel Sand for the next month and a half. Oh, And sorry. I don't know if you remember, but Karate Kid was on every month and a half yeah. on ITV when we were kids. I remember I used to wax off to it all the time.
2: <laughs> Elizabeth Shue was in it. Um, yes, yeah, A Rising Sun.
1: Yeah. I you, remember being quite enthusiastic about yeah,
2: choosing this one. Yeah, you couldn't believe that I hadn't done it. And I couldn't yeah. believe you couldn't believe I hadn't done it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought this is one of those ones, isn't it? Huh. And I just... It's sort of his one of his more remembered ones, but it's kind of... People remember that he's in it, but it's not one that anyone has revisited no. in 25 years, really. Because it, it, it became dated... Almost instantaneously. Like yeah. the threat that the Japanese were taking over the world vanished, I think, opening weekend. Yeah. Uh, and so it's not... It's a, it's it's one of his more dated films.
2: But, you know, this is a good year for Michael Crichton because this and Jurassic Park, and obviously all these years later, people are still talking about Rising Sun, so... <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was... Because I I've, I've, in preparation for this, I thought... Because I used to read quite a lot of Michael Crichton when, I was, when mm. I was younger, and this is one of the ones I never read, so I, yeah. I picked it up... Uh, no one we were gonna do this and I read it. Uh, but on the front it says Rising Sun from the blockbuster old, blockbuster author of Jurassic Park. So Jurassic Park is not a selling point for this whatsoever. No. Well,
2: it's got something in common though. There's some dinosaurs in it. In yes. terms of the technology.
1: And in terms of some of the social attitudes. Yeah. Oh god, yeah.
2: Actually it's got a lot in terms of in common with Jurassic Park, but I'll get to that later. what i enjoyed about this is that the first credit you got up up on the screen it says walrus on associates
1: yeah i i I wonder what they've done since (laughs) i just thought is that a dig at connery (laughs) (laughs) that's not i mean that's probably not not. wouldn't be the name of his company is it
2: oh i don't know it might be
1: i i don't he he wouldn't
2: pick something that he can't say
1: Walrush Wall-
2: what are you called? I've got a meeting at three o'clock with Michael Clayton. What's what's the name of your company? Wallrush. What?
1: W- wall, wall Wall rush Like a, like a what? Woolworths. You know, what I'm changing it to golf. <laughs> I I likey golfy. <laughs>
2: uh, the first thing you see is a, is a, like a Wild West scene, and a dog comes running out of a stable with a human hand in its mouth.
1: Yeah, th- this is an interesting <laughs> choice. <laughs>
2: I thought I've seen this film once probably in 1993 yeah and I thought I don't remember it being a western with a dog with a hand in its mouth
1: no this is a very interesting opening hmm it's the last interesting thing that will happen for a while yeah because they've gone I think what they've done there's a bunch of stuff I mean straight away it doesn't make sense so he's gone with an intro and I guess what they're going for the the theme of the film is uh, the concern because it's it basically, it looks like a western, it looks like a yeah. 70s western, but everyone is, is a Japanese actor, yeah. And it's supposed to be, Look, they're even taking over our westerns now, mm. like, and it's like, Okay, well, that sort of sets up the theme, and I, I suppose. And then it pans out from it, it turns out it's just the back end video for a karaoke tip,
2: yeah. They say you have um, Carrie Tagawa, yeah, who was in License to Kill, so this is a double Smash Pod. Episode. That's right, yeah. Um he's doing karaoke to Don't Fence Me In. Which I've had in my head
1: for a week since Same. I watched this now. Yeah, okay, good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh he's he's having a jolly old time in a karaoke ba- bar. Karaoke of course means um sing on your own.
1: It, it's isn't it s- uh silent orchestra or something there, like, or a visible yeah. orchestra or something yeah. like
2: that. And um it's also the name of the Blue Peter Cats. I don't know if that's true. It's true. They're Carrie and Oki, Blue Peter it, cats. That is, uh, well, that's shit, isn't it? Mm. They were framed for doing the Blue Peter garden, and they were executed by the Queen. What the hell are you talking I about? Don't right now? I don't know. I don't know. So, so he's... Is, sometimes
1: you'll tell me this stuff because there's no differentiation between you lying and you telling truth Because sometimes I go, that sounds like bollocks. And he goes, no, that's true. It's like, well, I give up then. <laughs> One day we're going to play cards, and I'm going to not know what to do. I'm yeah. either going to win big or I'll. Just die penniless. Well,
2: you're going to win big, because I don't know how to play cards. So. Yeah, yeah, but that,
1: you might be lying. I but, don't know.
2: Oh, yeah. It's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's doing his karaoke, and his his girlfriend, Carrie... Is it Carrie? Sorry, uh, his girlfriend, and his girlfriend, Cheryl... Cheryl
1: Lee Cole. No, no, not Cheryl Lee Cole. Cheryl uh, Lee... Lynn, some, Austin, sh- that's in. Yeah. Cheryl, Cheryl Lynn, Lynn Austin, yes. Yeah.
2: She's not impressed.
1: No. And she no. gets so angry,
2: she becomes badly dubbed...
1: Yeah, everyone gets, at some point, everyone gets that angry in this film. Because
2: mm. she, it turns out, is a German model and she's looking good. Mm. In real life, she's a German model and she's looking good. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, um, but every time she speaks, she's like, well, I declare. Yeah. It yeah.
1: was, yeah, Lindsay Graham actually uh, dubbed her.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: a little, check out his IMDb. It's his one credit. He even does all the sex scenes. Yeah, mm. <laughs> he just puts on a wig. Yeah. This, Rising Sun is what Trump has been holding against Lindsey Graham, right? Mm-hmm. That's what he's been blackmailing him with.
2: Lindsey, I didn't like you in Rising Sun, but you had an
1: amazing pair of titties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. People aren't going to like that you were in. 32% on Rotten Tomatoes, Lindsey. 32% look up what I got Home Alone to, mm-hmm. 78, okay?
2: You looked that up, didn't you? No, I'm guessing. No. Are you guessing? All oh, right, okay. Again, yeah. I'm not playing cards with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, so she, she storms out. Are you still looking up now?
1: Look I'll, I'll, I, I might as well... I, I'm just hmm. going to quick... Uh, IMDB, Rotten Tomatoes, Rotten Tomatoes. I just want to see how close I got because this is uh, this is fun for everyone.
2: Can I just say I respect you for saying Rotten Tomatoes? Why?
1: why? What do people usually say? Well, you'd say... People often say Tomatoes. No, they're Like they're Americans. Oh, I got news for Lindsey Graham... Home Alone 2, only 34 against oh. Rising Suns, 32. so 1% oh, yeah. Lindsay, that's the difference 1%. between
2: losers. <laughs> uh, but she storms out, and then um, Eddie, his name is, he comes yeah. out and says, don't ever do that to me again. I hate it when you do that. And then they get in his super sports car and drive off.
1: Yeah. And then the camera pans up. To, well, first of all, we get a time code that says 6.34 uh, a.m. Yeah. Despite the fact the sun is clearly straight above them, from, mm. you can tell from the shadows. Doesn't matter. No. Uh, and then we pan up to the. Um, what now? What is the name of the company in this?
2: Uh, well, it's the the company
1: they want to buy is Microcon. Yeah, but the corporation is, is Nakamura. Da- Nakamura? I think is is it Nakamura? Nakamura, something like that. I think they changed it from the book. So Nakamoto. Nakamoto. Okay. Mm. Okay. So. So, and this is the thing in this film, is every single window in this film seems to be facing this one corporate headquarters. Yes. So they're having a karaoke at 6.30 in the morning, <laughs> which I guess that could happen. Mm. But then it pans up to the building, and then we cut into the building. They're having, they're having a meeting at 6.34 in the morning.
2: Maybe Eddie's like Alan Partridge. Like, you know, Partridge could get a branch of um, Maplins. <laughs> Or oh, was it Tandy? Get, it was Tandy. Gets,
1: it's good action, good action. Yeah,
2: he can get Tandy yeah. open early in the morning. Maybe Eddie can get a karaoke bar
1: open at six in the morning. Well, I'll just keep him there. He looks like hmm. he's a big spender, yeah. I yeah. can imagine that still being open. Yeah, it, yeah. I know, I've been in a bar at 6.30. I mean, I haven't been in a Riley's pool hall. It's not quite the same thing. Hmm. But still, <laughs> you can stay up. But, but what... The, the part I have a com- problem with is the fact that the, there's a meeting happening at 6.30 in the morning. That's true. And also, I've heard Larry Miller's
2: 12 stages of drinking and number 12 is doing karaoke at 6.30 <laughs> yeah. in the morning. The
1: devil in your shoulder <laughs> is is cutting a deal with the Japanese.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we, we'll have to email Larry about that. He'd probably do it now. The fucker will do anything.
1: <laughs> hmm. That's so, a great reference as well. Not enough people have seen that clip. If you get a chart, everyone go check out Larry Miller's stages of drinking. It is an incredible it's a, routine. It's the best piece of stand-up I've ever seen.
2: I got it on a, um, I think it was NME or, no, it was Select. Select did a tape of the best stand-up routines. And this was about 1992. Wow. And Larry Miller's was on there. And it is incredible.
1: Oh, that's not Because the only thing I've ever seen is a really bad VHS that's on YouTube.
2: Ah, well, Select had it on a tape. So if anyone, yeah. if anyone's got it upload it and share it because it's oh yeah great wonderful The 12 stages of drinking that was bad um so that so they're, they're,
1: they're, i sounded like shatner they're having <laughs> william shatner's fucking 12 stages of drinking that would be an amazing of stand-up
2: the twelve stage of course being your
1: <laughs> wife being in the pool um so oh, 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 oh. <laughs> hmm. So oh, yeah, I uh, love that. That was a perfectly timed sip. Then good. Oh, bit of trouble from the crowd. Yep. Take a drink and move on.
2: So anyway, I've been thinking uh, socks. No. Um, so during the, the next day, as you say, the following, the following minute, there's a board meeting going on <gasps> between Microcon and yeah. Nakamoto. Now there's a there's a stumbling block here that um, <clears throat> Ray Wise is in this. is Senator John Morton. Mm. He's against the deal. He's going to vote against it, and he's got political leverage. Um so the Japanese have got this um uh no we have to refer to them as the Japanese in this because this film treats them like they're raptors.
1: Oh it it's like they're an do you know what do you, I tell you what it reminded me of the way they mm. talk about the Japanese the way that they talk about the aliens in the film Alien Nation. Yes yes you're it's, right. They're completely unhu, you know inhuman and they talk about them like a, like a completely alien species. Mm. It's bizarre. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's like Connery's been to a, the planet from Alien Nation and now is the only person who knows how they how they tick. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to get into that. Um, so, yeah, the the, the the Japanese are spying on the Americans with secret cameras and a man is telling the Japanese in their ear what the Americans are whispering to one another.
1: Yeah, despite the fact that the Americans are <laughs> three feet away on the three other side feet. of the table and probably more audible than they are through Hitachi speakers. Right? <laughs> it's... And, and it, and it, and it's th- it's nothing inf- it's nothing important. Uh-uh. It's just like oh we, we've got we, we we're not sure we want to do the deal yet. Uh. Which by the way, I'm going to need you to explain why. Because like I say, I've read the book and I still don't understand this particular element of it. Why they don't want to do the deal? Yeah, wh- why are they even there to sell their company if they don't want to do the deal? Well, they do. I think they do want to sell it.
2: I think it's that there's this, um, as you said earlier, there's a slight bit of racism. They don't want Japanese companies to take over American ones.
1: Yeah, but why don't they just why if if Nakamoto comes to them and says we want to buy a company, then why do they go nah?
2: Mm, yeah,
1: I think these... because they, because they, it cuts to the bit where uh, Ray Wise, the senator, is on the news mm. and he says I'm going to vote against uh, allowing the deal, and they high five each other. Mm-hmm. Like, then why are you even there then? But these two microcon lads though,
2: they're 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 slightly conflicted, aren't they? Because these Jap- the Japanese are giving them uh, nice dinners and prostitutes. Everywhere they go.
1: Yeah. Well, not everywhere they go. Well, everywhere we see them, pretty I much. was in a shoe shop the other day, and they sent a prostitute to the shoe shop. I was I'm just here for a couple of plus fours. He's like, I just want shoes. No, mm. they're not everywhere. Actually, oh. they, they, these two, they... Um, I mean, is that... Do they get... they No, their wives are there as well. It's, but they mm. are showing them a good time. But they oh, don't yes. seem like they want to be there, and they don't trust the Japanese no. corporation. But they're fairly meek, aren't they? Well... Like, like all computer people are in films from the nineties, mm, yeah. Or hackers.
2: Yeah. Well, they're not hackers because they're not cool. Mm. They haven't got like a baseball cap on sideways, <laughs> or one of those caps with the spinning propeller on it.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They're just dweebs. Yeah. They're like um, a, a, a meme if you looked up old computer man. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they're so they're kind of against it. Um, so. <laughs> So then we get um, Eddie watching the senator, as you mentioned, Ray Wise, is on TV saying, I'm not backing that deal, I'm an American. And Eddie, uh, from, direct from his karaoke visit, is now in his room with his German Texan girlfriend. And she's He's with this there. German Texan girl who's hmm. who's
1: in the first bit of n- nuttiness.
2: Completely belly bogs. You can see her everything.
1: You can't, you can just see her lower
2: buttocks, because upper buttocks. You, you can, can't even see the whole buttocks. You can see her booby-doobies. You can see one of them at a time,
1: but it's only the same.
2: Mm. He doesn't mind, though. No. Oh. No. He comes out the bathroom, he looks at the TV, and he just goes,
1: ha, 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 ha. <laughs> so so
2: some, <laughs> something's afoot. Yeah. Yeah. So then we cut to... Um, uh, is, it, this, is this where Wesley Snipes... Oh, no, sorry. We go straight to the commencement gala. Yeah. At the newly opened Los Angeles headquarters of Nakamoto, a Japanese business network. And then we see Cheryl Lynn being led into the boardroom Mm. by uh, someone we don't know Mm. and 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 is sexed (coughs) right up he goes right down her trousers with his head
1: oh god i'd love if you were a police witness (laughs) i I saw the whole thing (laughs) (laughs) he went right down her trousers with his head Right. Okay. Okay. Did you see like a physical description? Well, I assume he had a tongue.
2: Mm, I can only
1: see the back back of his head, but it was only the back of his head. It It was uh, a blur. Yeah, he was. Oh God, no.
2: Yeah, she was. She was whinnying.
1: She was whinnying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um,
2: No, she's enjoying herself, and then he reaches up and he grabs her by the throat, but she's kind of into it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it, we we carry on like that, and then I do. We, I don't think we actually see a die immediately, do we? No. Well, <sighs> no. I think
1: he's got the old hands on the old throat mm. there, and then it cuts to then it catch the Wesley Snipes answering the phone in his bed, in his bed, mm. uh, and then uh, yeah, he picks up like Wesley Snipes throat murders, <sighs> and um, and luckily it's it's the right number, otherwise that's a weird thing. Uh, and he's, he's called Webb. He's called Webb Smith. Mm. Uh, which is, they changed it from the book because he was, P- they've got the t- the two heroes of the most boring names in the book. It's John Connor, hmm. which sounds a lot like Sean Connery. Yeah. And then there was Peter Smith, which is the most boring name for a hero ever.
2: Also, the Terminator came back from the future to stop Japanese relations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that's what kills Skynet in the end. Yeah, yeah it's sad.
1: If this young he, elderly John Connor comes back, he goes, "You know what? Robot not so bad. It's the Japanese who are the problem, <laughs> mate." Just because you got old, I mean you got to get racist. I'm not being racist. I'm just—I've seen the future, and they're a problem. Luckily, I—I'm able to keep them at bay by playing golf with them once a day. The trick is basically golf with them and sudden arm movements. They don't like it. Trust me. Okay.
2: And remember, let them win.
1: What about the, the robots? Don't worry about the At least the robots aren't eating fucked up fish. All right, mate, you're just offensive and old now. <laughs> no, it's not me. It's everybody else. Oh, <laughs> yes. I, I like, I've lived with these, you know, people. Mm. Why do you do quote marks around people's shoulders? That's <laughs> offensive. That is offensive. <laughs> Their cooking's fine. I, it's not, I'm not a fan of sushi, but I'll eat it. Yeah. They don't really use cheese in their cooking, and I quite like cheese. Could you, so could you, could you stop that? saying they? It's really offensive. Oh, all right. The
2: Japanese. You've done the speech marks again. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> Which was in the wrong place.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, so Wesley Snipes. And all I must say, at this point, um, this film made me just go,
1: I really miss Wesley Snipes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was really Spoken good. Like, yeah, he was really good. Mm. And he actually, he has, he's when well, we don't find out till the end. He's, but he's he's a really good martial artist. Apparently. Yeah, he does
2: it in a lot of his films. Passenger Fifty Seven, right. he does it. Demolition Man, he does it. I read him up on Wikipedia today. He's been he's been doing all these kung fu and special karate since he was twelve.
1: Yeah. So he knows uh, his stuff. Nobody mess with him in prison. No. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that was the bit I I kind of buried that I think because I was reading his Wikipedia and went...
1: Oh, yeah, he went to prison for three years. I was talking to my sister about this yesterday, and mm. she somehow she had never internalised the fact that Wesley Snipes went to prison. It just mm. didn't go in. But he was fairly well publicised. He's having
2: a comeback now, though, isn't he?
1: Is he? What's he doing?
2: Well, he did Dolomite Is My Name, and he was very good in that.
1: Oh, that's right. He was excellent in that, yeah. Yeah,
2: and he's going to be in Coming to America 2.
1: <laughs> oh, the mm. sequel no one really asked for.
2: No, not even Eddie Murphy. <laughs> no. But, you know, needs must. Uh, When Amazon threw money at you.
0: It's an S-Pod thing, the podcast revisiting S Club 7's insane TV show. Yeah,
1: I can't imagine anyone's binge watch this, anyone who's not on drugs.
0: <laughs> Thank you for bringing this into my life. Uh, it was honestly <laughs> truly appalling. Guests helped me analyse the show in more detail than anyone ever asked for. It feels weird to me to say the phrase sex object in a show that <laughs> was aimed at six-year-olds. Do
2: you think Do you think this one of the problems with this show is that seven is too much?
0: It's an S-Pod thing from Great Big Owl. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: Um, so yeah, he's woken up and he's like a kind of liaison officer, isn't he, for Japanese people?
1: Uh, yeah, I think it's specifically, so he's the special, uh, whatever he is, yeah, liaison guy for all Japanese-related cases.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, so we've also got this weird framing device, which isn't a bookend, really. It's more like a sort of wonky shelf that collapses halfway through, mm. um, where he's being interrogated. Like, what, what were your movements that night? Why were you called? Who called you? And he's like, oh, Harvey Keitel called me. And uh, he, he was told to go to the scene. And on the way to the scene, he gets a call in his car. And in his car, he's learning Japanese. He's not turning Japanese, if anyone thinks so. He's not wanking. <laughs> <laughs> he's learning Japanese. So he would be like, Arigato, Wesley Snipes. I love that. Like, yeah.
1: I assume this isn't his first lesson, considering yeah. he's been on the job for six months. Like but he's mm. been in the job for six months. Mm. Uh, he's he's not, yeah. yeah, six months in, I'm up to Arigato. <laughs> Which it's I good. thought was an Italian coffee. But... Yeah, I did. It's good to have a refresher, though. Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: yeah. So he gets a call while he's in his car saying, "You have to go and meet. You have to go and pick someone up from this address." Yeah. Um, uh, and he has to pick up someone called John Connor, uh, a former police captain, an expert on Japanese affairs. So he is—he goes... well, is, he is
1: a police captain, but he is currently on long-term leave for mm. reasons we don't ever find out. Ever.
2: No, there's a mention later on that he was a Japanese basher. Whatever that means.
1: Yeah, I, d- I don't even know what that means. No,
2: um, no. I, unless it's a wanking reference, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He got
1: caught so what, wanking. I uh, I used to work in Japan doing quite a lot of work. What sort of thing? I was I was, I was just wanking lads off. On, get, on the I, side? or No, mainly on the chauffeur. Actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, sort of the middle. I mean, they were sort of halfway <laughs> up each and every one of them. Well, they're a bit smaller than me, obviously.
2: Um, yeah, so he, ha- he picks him up and he goes into his apartment. But first of all, he has to ask a man who's murdering seals. Oh,
1: God. In, so Sean Connery lives above the world's least hygienic butchers.
2: Mm. I mean, the, view, the just... view
1: is awful. Hey. Sorry <laughs> oh, oh and it's, it's one of those things Where they try to make it look cool Because it's just a butcher's that works only At night mm-hmm. and is lit by Neon lights because it, mm-hmm. it, it, this is the only Bit that they went shall we make the whole thing look Blade run right no no just these fish mm-hmm. And then they move on And it's a bit it reminded me a bit when he walks in and sees the guy Putting a
2: hatchet into a seal's head It yeah. made me think of that bit in the Simpsons Where Mo gets that call from Lisa saying I know what you're doing cut it out and he goes into his back room and releases that killer whale. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've got a room full of seals here, and a policeman's here. Just, just style it out. Just put a hatchet. In, yeah, right? yeah. Mm. But he has to go upstairs, I and mean, when he walks into Connery's room, Connery's sort of on his knees, doing something, and then he says, um, "You're
1: late." I assume that's supposed to be a little Shinto um, thing that he's doing. He's just having a little Shinto in the in the living room. I hope he flushed it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: But he says this weird line, Uh, we we should talk about this in a moment, but he says, you're late, and Snipe says, I just got the call, what do you want? And then he goes, you're late beyond time.
1: Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? So don't be sorry, beyond time. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Because
2: this is directed by Philip Kaufman. The talented Mm. Philip Kaufman. Yeah, who did the very spacey Invasion of the Body Snatchers remake, Mm -hmm. among other things. And this is a spacey film. I don't mean Kevin's in it. I mean, it's a bit out there.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of, but not because of the material. No, because no, no, of no. the style choices. Because it is actually a very conventional thriller.
2: Very. Um, but it's got little touches in it that just make it a yeah. bit weird and sort of almost Lynchian. But except David Lynch's stuff makes a bit more has a bit more flight of fantasy about it.
1: Uh, I feel, you feel like there's planning behind Lynch for it. it's mm. it's going to be weird because it's meant to be that way rather than this is like let's see what happens if we do some fucking weird stuff. Let's put but this, even mm. I was even the first 5 5 minutes is odd because it's a lot of the when well, we find out about Microcon and Eddie and all that stuff. Mm. We don't need to know that. That's right. stuff we should find out with the detectives. Yes. Um and as it is it just goes oh what an interesting twist at the start that is dull as fuck. <laughs> You didn't right. see that coming, did you? It's like the, the thing. No film should have because the first thing that happens is when they're in the boardroom is that they catch the, you know the McLaughlin Group, which used to be in everything. Mm. They, it was just it was just a bunch of it was a real show on a Sunday morning of, of politics people talking. Right? And we, if that, we remember, we did Dave a while back. They were in that as well. Yeah, but they shouldn't. It's just the three most boring people in the world talking. And in this, their guest is the senator who will be important later. Mm. But it's not. An exciting way to start. Imagine no. if you were watching a British film from the 90s and two minutes in, fucking Brian Walden turns up. You're not going to be like, oh, this is going to be a white-knuckle ride. Did oh, what's Brian got to say?
2: Mr Connery, I'd like to know why your windscreen wrappers sound like a lady being strangled. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do yours fucking sound like? (laughs) Adorable windscreen wipers, actually. Yeah, because when they get in the car with snipes, it's all a bit weird and spaced out. And then every time the windscreen wipers go back and forth, windscreen wipers even,
1: you get this kind of... uh... Yeah, I mean, it actually is that, isn't it? Mm. They've they've had a... The sound effects guys went, yeah, we're... uh..." Imagine telling your wife on the way back from work... (laughs) Yeah, I was doing sound effects today, and who could I hear in the background when I called you at lunchtime? Oh, nothing. I was just doing, um, I was just, uh, we were doing the sound effects for windscreen wipers. Don't lie to me, that was, that was Brenda again, wasn't it? (laughs) I had to get the sound. (laughs) I had to get the sound. She's Mm. the only woman I know who's, uh, she's the only woman I know who sounds like windscreen wipers. (laughs) When when we first met, you were my windscreen wipers, but you changed (laughs) Lorraine.
2: Now you only do the back window. I've asked you to do
1: the back window and you won't.
2: Even though you love me, supposedly. <laughs> Not even on my birthday do you let me do the back window. <laughs> so I've got to go to someone else on my back
1: window. <laughs> and she's filthy. <laughs> the point is, I was working. <laughs> it didn't sound like
2: you were working. Um, so they arrive at the, uh, head, the Nakamoto headquarters, and immediately they meet, we meet Harvey Keitel.
1: Oh, we we just missed the one hmm. minute where, uh, where. Oh God, yes, yes, sorry. Smith, he he's uh, he says um, so so when were you called, and he says, "Well, I was called ten minutes ago, and I was called five minutes ago in the car." And and Sean Connery, he does this all the way through. He goes, You're called twice. I wish I'd known that. Hmm. Yeah, we better. Oh, just calm down, you fucking tart. Just like. <laughs> He's had two phone calls. It's a busy night. Stop acting like everything's the end of the bleeding world. And at first, it's about, probably until halfway through the film, I'm like, oh, this guy knows something. He's mm. got a wisdom to him. Mm. He understands the. Si- he hasn't. He's just a whinging bitch. <laughs> I like the way he's that
2: awful stereotype as well. like, take your shoes off, because I like Japanese things.
1: Oh, yeah, cause, he, cause, actually, he does nail that line. Mm. It's, he doesn't say, take your shoes off. He just does a thing like, in fact, you know what? He goes... Shoes. And you can't see what I'm doing, but he's got a plaintive quality to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's like you know what? I've just realised, Sean Connery in this, this is a thriller about American-Japanese relations, and he's playing it like Hyacinth Bouquet, right, <laughs> the whole way through. Oh, Shoes Doily! Calm down, Sean, what the fuck's wrong with him?
2: I've just shaken back.
1: <laughs> and then he
2: reaches for his shoes when they're about to leave, and there's a pair of stilettos next to them. Yeah. I mean, I know that's revealed
1: why later. Oh, but, which is interesting because in the book the the stilettos are there, hmm. but the reveal that happens on the film is not in the book. It's for no reason. Oh. I thought yeah. it was I thought it was because of Tia Career. Yeah, but that but that subplot, whatever you want to call it, that relationship hmm. doesn't happen in the book. That so, was invented for the film. Oh. But it still sets up that there's a Lady Sue's there.
2: Hmm, so I was I was thinking maybe he was gonna put them on and then go, I look fucking fabulous.
1: <laughs> do you know what do these go with my entirely black outfit? <laughs> Oh, God, he looks so awful.
2: He looks exactly like in this, the um, Saturday Night Live Jeopardy Sean Connery.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and sometimes
2: yeah, yeah. I see him and think he's going to say, That's what your mother <laughs> said last night, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. He's got a black polo neck and a black suit.
1: Yeah. Well, on either. I mean, it looks fine. The wig's bad. I'm, oh, I'm going to say. Really bad. He was pretty good at wigs, and this one is a little bit like, I'll just shove it on.
2: Let itch now.
1: <laughs> it's really bad. And you can see the join. As yeah, you can. Because mm. also, for some reason, he's let his hair... Even this movie takes place over about 72 hours. Mm. And there's... and his hair, his actual real hair grows clearly until mm. he's got a little bit of a rat's tail by a couple of scenes towards the end.
2: He's also got a little bit in his beard at the bottom that looks like you... he's
1: been twisting it between his fingers to give it a little he... point. Well, that I'll... I'm going to level with you. I'm glad mm. you brought this up now. I'll be... Mm. I'll be honest. I used to try and do that beard. <laughs> Really? He's trying he's to make it into a point, but all he's actually done is not shave the rectangle little it's, bit at the front. So he's thinking, ha, I'm really the devil. Yeah. And I used to try and do that, and I never mastered it. And wow. actually looking back at this film, neither does he because it looks shit sometimes. It does. So you you're not the senpai, you're the what's the Kohai.
2: Kohai, I was gonna say Poopai. That's not right is it? <laughs> <laughs> so they they meet Connor they meet Harvey tell who's a, who's a racist.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I'll be honest with you, the character in the book, it does sound like because he's got so much dialogue in the book. It feels like, is this just Michael Crichton getting stuff off his chest? Mm. I
2: was going to say, this feels like that. Yeah. Because he's like talking about how the Japanese are awful and they shouldn't. If they're in America, they should speak American.
0: Yeah.
1: We're still the cops in our own fucking country, you know. Mm. He's also got a bad sort of blonde rinse. I, yeah, I was I was looking to see if that was a wig as well. I think it mm. might be.
2: Yeah, that's true. He doesn't look good in this. I think
1: maybe he read the script and went, I'm going to try and disguise myself as much as possible. Yeah. Well, I'm afraid you're Harvey Keitel and you've got the most uh, defined face in cinema history.
2: I'd like you to give me the face of a Yorkie dog so no one knows it's me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be wearing sunglasses so I look like Jeff Lynne. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they get in the lift. There's a bit of racism, even when the lift talks in Japanese, because it's a Japanese company. Uh, he takes issue with that. What did that goddamn lift say? It said we're going to the forty-fifth floor. It should tell us that, in American. Damn it. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's the vibe.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> so then they're sent to act. Um, the reason they're there is to send us to act as a liaison with the Japanese executives. And when they get there, we see there's a dead dead lady from the from hmm. earlier on, is on the board on the board table, the boardroom table. Yeah. And um the liaison from Nakamoto just says, Gentlemen, you know, why are you here? It's clearly a drug overdose.
1: He, he's he, this kid that mm. kid but this blog is really good. Yeah. He plays it really well. So his name's Ishihara and he is supposed to be like the special counsel for the the Nakamoto. I'm gonna say, how many times am I gonna say Nakatomi thinking it's diehard? I'm gonna actually uh, think Yeah, yeah, sorry, Nakamoto, yeah. yeah. Um And there's a few things. We see a few things here that is sort of important later. So we see a guy, Tanaka, who is the head of security that we saw earlier, who did the one joke, which I forgot, this movie starts with a joke. Oh, yeah, what's the joke? Where then... So they're listening. This one security guy is listening in on the boardroom when they're having a meeting with the microcon guys. And he's recounting everything like, oh, I'm not sure if we should do the deal. Yeah, let's just wait till after the thing. And he says, This guy's a real asshole. And then it's the Japanese guy going, This guy's a real asshole. It's like,
0: Ha ha
1: ha. Hmm. <sighs> um, but that guy is back in it and he's walking around the crime scene taking loads of pictures. Yeah, we don't know why. Yeah, Ishihara says something like, Oh, there's going to be, uh, we have to do our own internal investigation or something.
2: So then, oh, on the way there, by the way, Connery says to Wesley Snipes, um oh, yeah. Remember, don't lose your temper. Uh, and if you get into trouble, and he says, I'm not going to get into trouble. He goes, well, If you do, if I say, perhaps I can be of some assistance, stand back and let me take charge.
1: I will be the senpai. Oh, that's right. And you will be the kohai. He goes, well, Is that a racist thing? <clears throat> Yeah, he says, is that anything like Master? Which mm. is like, you two are being very dramatic. Mm. Uh, but this is the scene where Sean Connery says, the Japanese find big arm movements threatening. Mm. And... <laughs> their vision's
2: based on movement. Their,
1: vision, their vision's <laughs> based on movement. We... we <laughs> you know, there weren't any Japanese till a few years ago. We found blood from one of the rock Here's, here's John whatever
2: the fuck his name is, to give us Mr. DNA about the Japanese.
1: <laughs> hey, the Japanese don't like sudden arm movements. All right, just cut that out. But this is where he looks. He's got the, the, we may, oh, God, I mean, this is so made of the, we may come from a fragmented MTV rap video culture, but they do not. You fucking don't. You, yeah, you don't. When were you last <laughs> listening to MTV rap? I fucking love it. You're on VH1 if you're lucky. <laughs> You're listening, You're listening to listening Radio behind, 4. Yeah, exactly. You somehow, yeah, you you are, you would be excited if fucking, you know, you got to listen to Brian Walden, you boring old suds. Right? The,
2: the reason those stilettos are there is because you knew Wesley was coming around you swapped out your old tartan slippers for them. Oh, exactly. This will make me seem kinky. <laughs> yeah, that line killed me. We may be from the fragmented empty. What are you talking about?
1: You're about 60 years old we may come from the fragmented Dumont Network video culture but they do not, Dumont Network, what's wrong with you?
2: <laughs> we may come from the Colgate comedy hour <laughs> what? Um, yeah, so he tells them all that, so when they get into the corporate environment um, the guy saying oh it's probably a drug overdose, he pisses off Harvey Keitel who's a racist and then it all gets a bit hairy and then Connery steps forward and says maybe
1: I could be of some assistance, And the next 30 seconds is everything I really did remember about this film. Mm -hmm. This is the the cool bit. He shouts in the Japanese guy. I know. Now, that makes me sound bad. But Mm. also, Mm. (laughs) but he does nail it.
2: Yeah. He says, "Um, you know, we we can deal with this diplomatically or whatever. And then he says, all I need is uh, the name of all the guests.
1: And he's like, what? And then he says, I want the name of the guest and don't fuck with me. Yeah, he goes in a full Japanese talking, mm. Japanese language, I suppose mm. you call it. Yeah, I suppose you could, yeah. you could call it that. Yeah. And then he goes, and don't you fuck with it. And he nails it, right? Mm. But my well, actually, it's one of my favorite bits of Sean Connery acted. right? Mm. He's after he says, don't you fuck with me. And the guy leaves, but the camera stays on Sean Connery. And Sean Connery does the slightest little gesture with his eyes, which means... I think that went quite well, actually. Mm. And it's really, and it's actually, because you wouldn't even find out later the reason he's done it is because he has to, if he shouts down that Ishihara guy, then um, Ishihara will owe him a favor because then he will have had to help the investigation. And in front of his bosses, the other Nakamoto guys, mm. it, he, like, he's like he been is playing the game. He's basically helped the guy out. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's quite clever. For about yeah. three or four minutes, this is a clever film.
2: Yeah, he says he did it so his superior would not lose face. And now he mm-hmm. owes him a favour.
1: Yeah. And then he just
2: walks into the boardroom. They look at the body. And Connery just walks over to a wall, pushes it, and it opens. And Wesley Snipes says, oh, the executive fuck chamber.
1: <laughs> and it's a bedroom. Yeah. It is quite... Um, satiny isn't it Yeah. because I think those places are essentially for if you've got a visiting executive and you can't mm. be asked to give them a hotel mm. but this does look like a fuck chamber it really does it, it looks, looks, like- looks like Betty Boop lives in there <laughs> looks like Cynthia Payne lives <laughs> <laughs> it's like a proper knocking shop <laughs> I love it. I love it. The thing is, you have these references in your head. It takes me a second, but I really enjoy them when I read remember Cynthia Payne was. So then this um,
2: uh, forensic officer comes in and says, um, ah, she was fucked to
1: death. Oh shit that's a woman who loves her job. Mm. She has got a great she's looks like she's a gasper. Watch a gasper. Well she and she like she's oh she loves oh god they grab him by the throat. Oh she loves it and then Oh and then basically bit oh and then it's the it's the hypoxia that gets him off. Mm. I don't know why I've made her go Welsh
2: but no oh, I like it's... it cuz it would be better <laughs> if she says in a Welsh action she might have just
1: popped off during sex. That's right they Actually, she sometimes they just pop off during sex and then she tells a story about some bloke <laughs> like got hit with a baseball both got hit in the chest, not even hard in the first one, then do- and then dropped down dead. That's not the same as being strangled to death while being fucked.
2: No, unless he was being bummed at the time, of course. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. it was yeah,
1: it was union rules, not leagues, see. Eh? Yeah. So that's what it was. He was a teamster. Um, yeah,
2: and then Kaitel just loudly proclaims, "Ah, they're all perverts." <laughs> he
1: says, yeah. "These guys are well-known perversion freaks,
2: are they? Are they really? I mean, I know they buy pants out of vending machines, but..." again just me
1: generalizing again there well i mean some of them do but mm. you know what because i i remember the first time i heard that and the first thing i thought was i think that would work in this country as well
2: mm. oh god yeah
1: we just haven't done it yet they're
2: just more upfront about it that's all yeah yeah we're the we're the ones that are wanking off to their cartoons <laughs> yeah exactly i don't mean me personally
1: no, or me, personally, but I've heard about people doing it, and we've yeah. probably got ourselves into mean, a, a bit of a cul-de-sac, yeah, Should we move
2: on? I mean, spirited away is a really tough wank, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> Moving <laughs> castle, though, horn, horn, <laughs> horn festive, that is.
1: Oh, god!
2: <laughs> so then, um, during the initial investigation, the security man, who's just the, like the weirdest, horniest man in the world...
1: I'm gonna call this as he gives the worst performance in the entire film. He is dreadful. And I've seen one of the stuff and he's not a bad actor. I think yeah. he's been given bad direction. Yeah. Well, from
2: the look of it, I think Philip Kaufman is just on acid when he made this film.
1: I'd like to think so.
2: Because hmm. he's he's like, oh, oh, uh, I can't tell you anything, gentlemen. Oh keep looking up at the camera. Oh He looks oh.
1: like he has just run from the airport to do this part. Yeah. He's knackered, he's breathless. Hmm. Also horny, so I don't know where that came from, but he's, uh, yeah. but he's sweaty, he's a mess. And it's such, it doesn't, the part doesn't need it. No. It's a very small part. His role is to give information so we can continue the rest of the film. Mm. You're making a fucking meal of this, boy.
2: And then he says, um, oh, it's great because we've got this camera that they installed and we can use the gizmo. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, no tech like this exists in America. I'm like,
1: what, a camera that can zoom in? Yeah, a joystick. I mean, we've had them for years, but yeah. I had one of them on Amstrad, you prick. <laughs> that's what Connery says. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and then Connery says, oh, right, well, can we review the... Um... That's right, because he says it was, it's the, no technology exists like this in the US. It's recorded onto laser disc.
1: Yeah, which was sort of new at then. That's, Not that yeah. small,
2: though. No, no, that's true, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. These are like the size of... Mini discs without the cases, basically. Remember the
1: mini CDs used to have? Yeah.
2: Used to get free with magazines, it's that sort of size. The ones that drop out of your CD player when you put them in.
1: Yeah, the ones, hmm. yeah. Stupid.
2: Yeah. yeah. But then yeah, Connery's like, oh, that's interesting. Cause, and he finds a wrapper for one in the bin mm-hmm. that says 12 hours on it. Mm-hmm. And he looks at all the cameras that are recording, and they're all saying 10 plus hours. But one says two hours.
1: Mm.
2: So he says, well, where's this one? He goes, oh, 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 I can't tell you anything.
1: Oh, oh, oh. He does really wet noises with his mouth the whole time. Mm. He's very... <coughs> yeah. he's just, but it's, it's horrible. He yeah. just, just fucking tell us so we can
2: go to the next scene. Please, because this drags on for ages. And then Connery says, yeah. well, you stay here. I'm going to go and do some de And then Snipes is in there with him. And he's like, oh, there's a good party going on tonight. Look at this hot bitch. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm going to zoom in on it with the gizmo. Snipes is like, yeah, that's my wife.
1: I love that. I love it because there's about 500 people at this party, and he zooms (laughs) on (laughs) one. You know her, know her. She's my wife, and And he's like, still,
2: oh, no, 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 that's my ex-wife. Stop it.
1: Still, though, oh, no, stop it. And even with all that, he like goes, must be nice to fuck a lawyer instead of getting fucked by him. No, not really. No. My ex-wife. God, what's wrong? What is genuinely, what is wrong with you?
2: <laughs> Why are you behaving like this? Hey, you're bad, you're a bad man. <laughs> I'm leaving now because you stink. <laughs> In every possible way. Um, then when they're leaving the building, because we've got this thing going on here, which I quite enjoy, which is that, um, Wesley Snipes has quite rightly a chip on his shoulder about how white people behave around black people which I think is fine Yeah. because white people as we still see from today in 2021 are still quite horrible to black people. Yeah. So you get this nice bit here where we meet Bob Richmond <clears throat> who uh, Connery knew when he was a trade negotiator for, for Japan. He's now working for the Nakamoto people and he Shouts at Snipes as he's about to get into his car. Hey, you! I think he says something racist, and he says, "Bring the car around." Or bring the car like around. he goes, "No, yeah. fuck
1: you! Bring your own car around." He says, "Wrong, wrong guy, wrong fucking century." That's right. Yeah, which I really liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then
2: Connery gets in the car, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, I knew him from years ago." And they drive off, and you're thinking, well, "Why have we been introduced to that fella?" Oh. So then they go and visit a knocking shop.
1: Where it's it's a uh, what do they call it a pleasure palace or something like mm. that where wealthy uh, Japanese men keep their mistresses a, mistresses yeah and it's oh. it's yakuza run
2: yes because the guy's
1: got a tattoo yeah he could yes.
2: work he could work an HMV
1: I think um, <clears throat> there might be a specific one because I think even in Japan there there is a uh, bias against tattooed people like uh-huh. you know like some hotels you're not allowed to stay if you have a tattoo. Hmm. Um, what if you're in the saying, band tattoo? Uh, well, that's different because, oh, mm. uh, well, I suppose they are tattooed, but the, the band mm. tattoo don't look like yakuza. That's no, true. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so they go in there and they uh, go to um, Cheryl Lynn's room. The, it's Cheryl Lynn's room, and she has the, the place has already been turned over.
2: Yeah, because there's wet footprints on the floor. And Connery says to him, "What time did it start raining?" And he says, "Oh, about nine and then we get a close up of a, a wet footprint on the floor. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, the place has already been turned over. And um, while Connery's in the bathroom, he breathes onto the mirror, and we see that two photos are missing.
1: There are two photos missing. Hmm. Um, uh, there's a photo of her with Eddie, uh, Eddie Sakamura from mm-hmm. the start. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's cocaine, I believe. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's scarves tied to the bed. Hmm. Uh and there's a and there's a plastic bag. So yeah. straight away they make the assumption that this is Stephen Tyler's hotel room. <laughs> but... Or
2: David Carradine's been round <laughs> Yeah, David Carradine's been
1: Don't open that cupboard. <laughs>
2: Let's just leave. Yeah. And that's the end of part one of this episode of Smirchpod. We'll be back later in the week with part two. So please stick around. But in the meantime, why not like, subscribe, review, enjoy, share, tell everybody you like, and you know, Why not even buy Thunderbug? Hey, why not? See you next time. McDonald. And I'm Ellie
0: Gibson. And this is our new show, Extra Life. It's basically us talking to funny people about video games.
1: When I was a kid, it was Grab Faithful World. The Sinclair ZX Spectrum.
0: We talk about the games people remember from when they were kids and what they're playing now. Guitar Hero.
1: The Last of Us 2. Combat on the Atari 2600.
0: No, I love Pokemon. Anyway, find us anywhere you get your podcasts. Extra, Extra Life. Life. GreatPigOwl.com. Oh.